Marlene Bonin on this happy, happy Friday. We're going to get back down to some serious stuff for a little bit. And as we predicted, not only be people taking your picture on this uh, summer weekend, I suppose that in this city, in this province, and really across the country, a lot of people are going to be talking about SNC-Lavalin back in the headlines. It was complicated at first, but now we know this terrain and it dropped like a bomb yesterday. A really scathing report against the Prime Minister. Now, what's going to happen from it and what should happen from it? Should there be an apology from the Prime Minister? Is this going to affect the election campaign? All of these things as we talk about ethics and justice. Jody Wilson-Raybould having her moment in the sun. Something went seriously wrong here, has been confirmed by an independent officer of parliament, and this could have been resolved. Actions could have taken to remedy this situation and to acknowledge that it, it wouldn't happen again and, and potentially seeing the prime minister have apologized back as early as in, in February. It's about the rule of law. It's about ethics. Andrew Shear, who can smell that writ being dropped, knowing that this is a moment for the opposition. I am launching a grassroots campaign to encourage Canadians to urge these six Liberal members of Parliament to put their country before their party and to vote to let the Ethics Committee do its work. We will be communicating directly with Canadians to get them to contact these MPs. So there's Andrew Shear, and he wants the Ethics Committee. There's a call across the country that they get to deal with this. But it's also put the focus on something else. The Supreme Court, ex-Supreme Court justices. Let's face it, there were a lot of them in this story. Two retired judges writing legal opinions for SNC-Lavalin. And then you have former Chief Justice Beverly McLaughlin who was approached by SNC and the Prime Minister's office about giving Jody Wilson-Raybould that sound advice that we heard about. And all of, and this was happening with this former Chief Justice. And Jody Wilson-Raybould, as the Attorney General, didn't even know about it. But wait, there is more. There are another uh, former Supreme Court Justice, um, uh, Thomas Cromwell, was retained by Jody Wilson-Raybould. So here we have this whole story. And a lot of justices. We're going to talk about it. Here is our panel today. Christos Avalis, who is a social science and humanities research council postdoctoral fellow and Department of History at the University of Toronto. Christo, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Alex Pearson joining us, of course, the host of On Point on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good afternoon, Alex. Hey, Arlene. All right, I'm going to start with you, Alex. There are a lot of Supreme Court justices, and I don't know about you, but I was a bit surprised they were so busy and that they're a little bit for sale. What do you say? Yeah, the optics of it are not great, and that's not to suggest any of them have done anything wrong. Um, I don't want to suggest that. But I think it really blurs the lines here. And that is why this scandal, Arlene, is so serious, because we're talking about the rule of law. And Mm -hmm. while people will say, well, whatever, it's just ethics, Mm -hmm. don't worry about it. No, what we're talking about is a prime minister accused of manipulating and playing with the laws to do what he wanted. And in this case, it was obviously to help out a company that had far, far too much influence and, and direct lines to the prime minister's office. But not just that. To think that they were calling top 
justices in this country. These are not just like justices of the peace. These are the top judges in our country to try and meander and get advice and do these things. To me, I think it's very dangerous because it looks like judges are for sale. And that can't happen. And it's not just the SNC case. You got to mm-hmm. remember the Mark Norman case, mm-hmm. which, of course, was nicely put away. Disappeared. We'll never really mm-hmm. find out the facts of it. But it speaks to the same thing where you've got a government that's been playing with the rule of law to weaponize it their way so that it works their way. And that is why it's so serious. And the, the judges, um, it just again raises yet another question of they really did blur the lines. And it's not a good look. Christo, what are your thoughts on this? You know, as Alex says, and I said off the top, it really kind of pulls back the curtain. I was unaware that they were so busy in these areas. And let's face it, I I thought to myself, you know, having been in this business for a while, when I hear a, a former Supreme Court judge weigh in on something, I pay attention. Christo, what were you thinking when you heard about these four judges involved? Well, you know, I think it, it it does pull back the curtain, and not just on the SNC, and not mm-hmm. just on on Mark Norman, and not even just on this government, but on the, the you know, there's the you know, John Porter wrote that great book that that, that you know, that, the Vertical Mosaic, a bunch of years ago, that talked about how Canada's elite of the Liberal and Conservative parties um, are so deeply interconnected, and indeed, in some ways, you know, they intermarry both literally and figuratively, and so for me, this is a confirmation of like how. Canada's capitalist and legal and political elite will work together to achieve objectives. Okay, Christos, so let me just ask you, law and order. is this about capitalism then to you? Is that where you're focusing? You're saying, okay, big company uh, gets a break. It's also about justice. No, well, certainly, but I say when I say capitalist elite, you know, not, not this, not in the ideological sense, but you know, the, 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 the economic elite of this country mm. have direct lines that and again, um, both the liberal and conservative parties that 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 regular Canadians do not, and that small businesses do not, and that medium-sized businesses do not, and mm-hmm. they have links to Supreme Court justices that again regular people do not. And I think that this is a really evident case. And yes, of specific violation of the rule of law, I would I would agree, but also of a general sense that economic and political and social power is concentrated too much among the small amount of Canadians, and we're seeing that play out here because. The, one company got such systemic advantages because of the connections, and we know that. All right, but it was a decision. I want to throw it back to Alex. You know, Alex, I hear what Christo's saying. On the other hand, but this was a decision made by the prime minister. He's seeing it in a broader aspect. What do you say? Yeah, look, I, I agree uh, with Christo in part. I mean, it's only corporations in certain parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it was never done in the West. In no, the Alberta didn't get this deal. Yeah. Those jobs don't matter. What Mr. Trudeau said, it was all about the jobs for a Quebec company, specifically in his riding. And as we've seen now, not just with SNC, but BMO is also cited in this report. And Mr. Bryson, who went off to take care of the kids, you know, now he's working for BMO. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it raises serious questions about who does have access to our, our power uh, brokers in this country. And there is a clear disadvantage if you, and as we heard in the testimony of this whole thing, it was about votes. It was Ben Chin who talked about, come on, we've got to get this done. There's an election to win after all. That's not why we do these things. 
That is not why you would give a company a deferred prosecution. And by the way, you wouldn't even give them a deferred prosecution on the notion of jobs, which, of course, we didn't hear about till about four weeks into them trying to figure out what they were going to say about this. So it was never about jobs. No, and that reporting is that, you know, SNC had to keep their head office in place. So the jobs is is very, very nebulous. Okay, Uh, let me throw it back to to Christos here. Uh, Christos, do you think that there should be changes in, in the rules so that if you're a retired Supreme Court judge, you can't do these kind of things that you should. It shouldn't. The perception, as we know, 90 percent of reality, the perception that you're for sale. What do you think? I mean, that's a, I mean, I'm not a legal expert, so I wouldn't want to weigh in definitively. Yeah, but gut check um, on this. Always, gut check, Christopher. Well, yeah, and you always you, you want to be careful because, you know, these once people become private citizens again, they're private citizens again, uh, you know, uh. My my gut my gut check is that that you know these things should at the very least have to be more openly disclosed. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the base minimum. Um, but again, I mean, you know, Justin Trudeau once he's prime minister, Stephen Harper once he's pro- not prime minister, they can generally go off and do things. I think it would be very hard to permanently restrict a former public servant's you know role within the private sector or within the nonprofit sector. But I do think that more transparency is needed uh, to determine what these people are doing afterwards. And maybe that would require for somebody as high as a Supreme Court justice, you know, a permanent public record of, of where they seek employment and how much they were paid. I don't know if that violates anyone's human rights or anything, but that would be... Uh, God uh, forbid. God forbid. Oh, All right. I want to throw it back to Alex. You know, Christos there is laying a pretty good point. On the other hand, you know, when you're a retired, Alex, a, a, a Supreme Court judge, a retired mm-hmm. judge, you're still seen as a judge like the the rule of law goes into this is this the same thing as a prime minister opening a company and doing some lobbying around the world the the judges that we're talking about are not just judges these are judges that are appointed to the very highest top court by the powers in the prime minister's office so they're not just regular old private Mm -hmm. citizens and yeah, there obviously does need to be a rule change, and that has to be the transparency. Just like you would do a deferred prosecution, maybe you've got to also say, we are seeking counsel by so-and-so, yeah. because they are yeah. not just private citizens. And no, then at least right. if you're transparent, you're not hiding anything. But there's yeah. too much of a power conglomerate within the prime minister's office where they feel clearly by what we've learned that they can do all of this quietly. To think that SNC was sitting with the finance minister's staff crafting mm-hmm. a strategy to come up with this deferred prosecution. And SNC was saying, hey, I know we can get Beverly McLaughlin to weigh in and we'll do this and that. It's like, who's running the country? You're not elected. This is nuts. So I think they've done severe damage. Um, in, in And certainly with the argument, um, Arlene, that we talk about with too many activist judges or this or that, what it does is it, it confirms to the people, even if it's true or not, the image and the optics suggest that there are two levels of justice in this country. There are that, you know, the levels of the Laurentian elite, as they are so-called, mm-hmm. they get their own justice. And we, the little people, well, we get our own justice. And by the way, we would not be given nearly 
the breaks or the legal uh, advice that these people are being afforded. And you got it. Now, and, and, and you know, as you're talking there, Alex, I'm thinking of something that hit me, and this hit me long ago in, in, in SNC round one. It yes. was when uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould was like, touche, I'm going to go into that pot and I'm going to hire a former Supreme Court judge, which was fantastic. But Christo, as Alex said, the rest of us couldn't do that. No, no, certainly. I mean, there are economic barriers. You know, if you don't have the money to hire some of these people, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. There are social barriers. I'm sure that you know, the Supreme Court justices don't just work on money. They work on connections and prestige. And again, this is this is outlining that on economic terms and on geographic terms and on cultural terms and on, you know, political terms, that this is not a country where equality exists in any meaningful sense. And we, we don't have a quality of outcome in Canada. But I would wager that given how systemic some of these connections are, any politician that says a, a citizen in Canada has the equal opportunity to succeed as another is lying. And I think that this should be a wake-up call to Canadians. There is no equality of opportunity in this country when if because of your family lineage, you're more likely mm-hmm. to become, become prime minister. And because of your family lineage, you're more likely to end up as the CEO of a big corporation and you can kind of all conglomerate around one another. Or you're more likely to become finance minister. It really is a strike against the fundamental idea of equality and merit in this country. And I think the Canadians need to be asking broader questions here, which is we need a wealth tax. We need inheritance taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, okay, you're doing your election pitch. You're doing a good job. Let me just... Yeah, re- okay, let's fling... Okay, Christos, we're almost out of time. We're almost out of time here. I want to fling it over to Alex. Alex, what is the taste in our mouth here at the end of this? What is it? Because, you know, as we say, I mean, let's face it, I mean, it's a bit ironic, it's a bit rich, isn't it, that the Prime Minister's father wrote a book, I think it was called Justice for All. It was a a book about leveling the playing field. And here we have a very bumpy, bumpy, unlevel field. Yeah, and Metallica wrote an album, Justice for All, and it was a very different, <laughs> different kind know, of thing. Here's what people need to remember. This is not political for me. This is a nonpartisan issue. We are talking at the very basics of our democracy, the basic rule of law. And if we are to pride ourselves in this country on being fair, transparent, open, and that we have a justice system that is, you know, if you want justice to be done, it has to be seen to be done. Otherwise, our system and our democracy collapses. And I think what people have to understand here, not once, but now twice, because you cannot ignore the Mark Norman case. This government is accused of using its power and influence to destroy one man's life. And by the way, if he did not have the lawyer he had, he likely would have gone to jail and been destroyed. And then in SNC, they tried to manipulate it for votes and power to help those that matter to them. And it's not everyday people. Alex Pearson, host of On Point on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Have a great weekend, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. And Christo Avalis. Christo is a social science and humanities research council postdoctoral fellow, Department of History, University of Toronto. Christo, thank you for joining us. You have a fabulous weekend. Thanks for having me.